Well, what we saw depicted here this morning was God fulfilling the promise that He had made and pouring out His Holy Spirit on His people. This is not a one-time experience. I like it what some of the scholars say about the age that we're living in. The time from Pentecost to Jesus' second coming is the age of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, you and I are living in the age of the Holy Spirit. Most of my preaching text today will come from page 902, John 16. And one of the first things we see in that passage in verse 7, that Jesus calls, calls the Holy Spirit the helper. And it, it's defined that way in John 14. And the helper, parakletos, it means helpmate, it means advocate, it means comforter, it means counselor. And in verse 13, the spirit of truth who guides us to all truth. God, the Holy Spirit, I mourn the loss of years where I ignored the Holy Spirit. I think I ignored the Holy Spirit for 50 years. I ignored the Holy Spirit's divine help for me. I always wonder, what could I be like today if I had not ignored the Holy Spirit some 60 years ago? So I think you and I need to understand this advantage Jesus is talking about in John 16, 7. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away because the helper will come. So I go first to the Old Testament. In Jeremiah 31, 31, God says, the day is coming when I will make a new covenant with my people. It will not be like the covenant of old. And he talks about three things in that passage. God says, you will be my people and I will be your God. And you will all know me. And this Hebrew word for know has a ring of intimacy about it. It has king, kinship, kinfolk. So it's not just a knowing in the head, it's a knowing in the heart. Jesus, I mean God, is talking about here in Jeremiah 31, I want a relationship with you. I will be your God and you will be my people. You will know me. Then he says, It will not be like the covenant of old. I will put my law in you. I will write the law on your hearts. It will not be on tablets of stone. Jesus wants us to know our sin. He's writing the law on our hearts because he knows that sin 
prevents relationship. When my wife and I are angry with each other and we haven't reconciled, it's not only difficult for she and I to have a relationship, it's difficult for me to have a relationship with God. God knows what sin does to relationship. And the third thing, third thing in that Jeremiah passage is that I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. God not only provides a way for us to know our sin, He pro- will provide a way for us to be forgiven. Because He knows that once we are forgiven, the slate is clean and we are restored, we are reconciled to God, and we can have that relationship that He wants us to have. So what we see is a new covenant promise for God's people, that we would have a love relationship with Him. Then we go to Ezekiel 36, and He tells us how He's going to make that happen. Because we can't do much on our own. And in Ezekiel 36, Ezekiel provides the same three points I just mentioned in Jeremiah 31. Then He tells us how He's going to do it. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone and give you a tender heart, a loving heart. And I will put my spirit within you. God is promising us in Ezekiel 36 that he will put his spirit in us and give us a tender heart through that so that we can love him, the great commandment so that we can love Him with all our heart and all our soul and all our might. So God wants us to team up with the Holy Spirit to build a deep love for Him. A team where we are the junior partner, but a team nonetheless. Well, let's go to this passage in John 16. And it tells us how God, the Holy Spirit, will be our helper. If we look at verse 8 and 9 together, it says the Holy Spirit will basically convict the world of sin. In verse 9, because they do not believe in me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, if we don't think we're sinners, if we ignore our sin, we have no need of a Savior. And that's what it's saying. Without knowing that we are sinners, we don't need a Savior and we wouldn't believe in Christ. Holy Spirit comes and convicts us of our sin. But we have to work with Him. For many, many years, I ignored my sin. I thought I was a good person. After all, I didn't commit murder. I didn't have an adulterous affair with anyone, didn't steal, but I ignored the fact that I had anger in my heart. I ignored the fact that I was prideful and selfish. I ignored the fact 
that I had envy in my heart? I ignored that for many years. I could just hear God saying, I sent Jesus to die for you, and you ignore your sin? So the Holy Spirit comes and does something that we don't like. He convicts us of our sin. But brothers and sisters, get over it. It's the good news. That's why Jesus came and died. So we need to take inventory of our sin, and we should do it daily. Because sin prevents relationship. The second thing we see in verses 8 and 10 convicts the world of righteousness. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer, Jesus said. Well, we are told in 2 Corinthians 5.21 that God chose him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to become sin so that you and I would have the righteousness of God. It's the great switch. It's the great substitution. Jesus takes my sin and your sin and gives me the righteousness of God so that I can have a relationship with him. But Jesus is saying, I'm going back to the Father. So I will give you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us live into that righteousness. Without the Holy Spirit, we can't live into it. And I'll explain that. He is our helpmate. He reveals our sin. He leads us to repentance. So without the Holy Spirit, more than likely, we're not looking at our sin and we're not repenting. I'll give you an analogy. Uh, it falls short, but I'll give you an analogy. Years ago, before I was uh, ordained, I had my own business. Well, before that, I should say. I interviewed for a job which I had no experience. And I did not deserve an opportunity for that job. But I was interviewed... I was hired. Then they assigned a person to me to train me, mentor me, support me, so I would be a success in this job. That was a gift from God. That's pretty much what Jesus does. He gives me a gift which I didn't reserve, that I didn't deserve, the gift of righteousness, where I can stand before God and love him, have relationship with him. And then he gives me the Holy Spirit. He assigns the Holy Spirit to me to train me, to mentor me, to support me, to lead me, to guide me. We are a team working together to deepen my love for Christ. The Holy Spirit and me we are a team working together 
to build a deep love relationship for Christ. Well, the challenge that you and I have, brothers and sisters, are to live into that team effort, if you will. It's hard to be a team. I go to Galatians 5, which we didn't read today, but it's a very important passage. So write it down and go back to it sometime. Galatians 5, 16 through 20, 25. 16 through 25. Starting in verse 16, it says, walk with the Holy Spirit. When I look at that Greek word for walk, it, means, it also means be occupied with. And it goes on to explain that the desires of the Spirit oppose the desires of the flesh. It's difficult to walk in both camps. So I know that when I sin, I'm not walking with the Holy Spirit. It's obvious. <laughs> I just look back and say, whoa, I did this? Wow. And, but the Holy Spirit was given to me for that purpose. So my desire is to be occupied by the Holy Spirit 24-7 but that doesn't happen. But that's my desire. That's my heart's desire. And I pray that's your heart's desire, to be occupied by the Holy Spirit 24-7, even while you're sleeping. Because the desires of the Spirit oppose the desires of the flesh. Also in verse 18, it says, be led by the Holy Spirit. Well, before I can be led by the Holy Spirit, I have to have some sort of a relationship with Him. I have to talk with Him. I have to pray with Him. I have to listen to Him. And that's where the rub is, is being quiet and listening to the Holy Spirit. He guides us to all truth. And our sin may be truth. He's our advocate, our comforter. <laughs> but we have to practice listening so that we can be led by him. The important thing, it says in that passage, that when we walk with the Holy Spirit, when we are led by the Holy Spirit, when we live with the Holy Spirit, we enjoy the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit, as you know, starts out with love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness. I, I got it out of order, but that's okay. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. So that we become more like Christ and we fall more in love with him. Also in verse 25, it says, live by the Spirit. 
And that's a, that's a tough one for me because it means that I need, as I said previously, that I need to work with the Holy Spirit, ask Him to convict my sin, to tell me what my day was like, to lead me to repentance. And I'll give you an example that I gave on one Wednesday night service that I had. We have two buckets. We have a bucket of shame and fear, and we have a bucket of love in Jesus. And in all the years that I ignored my sin, and I must say that we learn in Genesis that with every sin comes shame and fear. Shame says, I am a mistake. I'm no good. And it's not a healthy thing at all because we are a child of God and we are good. <laughs> so Jesus died in shame, naked on the cross for my shame and for your shame. So when I ignored my sin, I had a bucket full of shame and fear. I didn't have much love for Jesus. But when I work with the Holy Spirit, and who leads me to repentance for sin, Jesus takes that part, that shame, puts it in his bucket because he died for shame. He converts that shame to love. So the more I repent, the more I look at my inventory of sin, the, the more Jesus takes that shame away and he fills my bucket with love for him. Hmm. So that's why it's good news to look at our sin. And we have a tendency in the church to hide from our sin. The four-letter word in the church is, I'm fine. I'm okay. And we need to get over that because Jesus died for that sin. And that's the good news. Are you a teammate with the Holy Spirit? Are you working with the Holy Spirit? Let's pray.